this is the last time you'll see this silent version of the um, of the intro sequence. Uh, the Sonic Talk theme tune competition podcast theme tune competition is now closed, and we have well over 130 entries to go through. So uh, we're hoping yep. to have that ready for you all very shortly. But hello, welcome. It's a post Nam. Uh, traumatic NAM, post-traumatic NAM stress type of uh, thing. Uh, we've just finished the NAM show in 2015, which uh, I'm sure if you're interested in musical equipment of any kind, you may well be aware of. Our NAM coverage has been quite fulsome. In fact, we hit the 100 video mark today with one of our uploads that have been published. So uh, this is going to be a bit freeform. I'm kind of pulling in various uh, opinions. I have no agenda. Uh, I will be merely be a vessel an enabler, if you like. But welcome to Sonic Talk number, I think it's 390, for goodness sake. That's amazing, isn't it? Imagine that. Let me just check that. I better do. Uh, I can't. It doesn't say anything there. But what the heck? 390. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much to our show sponsors. Thank you very much to our NAM sponsors, uh, Universal Audio, Personas, Cakewalk, Line 6, and somebody else that I should probably remember, but I can't. But you know who you are. Um, and and um, here we go. So we'll start off over here. We'll introduce my guests. I'm typically under-together. Uh, I'm, still face- I'm still putting myself back together after now. Gaz Williams and Robbie Bromlam, who very kindly have sat in the right order for the lower thirds to work. Gaz Williams, of course, professional bass player uh, and musician and music technologist commentator, which is why he's on the show. Robbie Bromlam, uh, composer, studio owner, film composer, producer, uh, and all of those things. And obviously, they're in the same place. It's not some kind of weird split screen superimposing I'm putting there in the same room how are you both yeah very good yes excited actually you yeah, in fact you two were were very keen and quick to say can I come on the show next week can I come on the show next week because obviously yeah, there's yeah. a lot to talk about so uh, well very, yeah. thank you very much for having us uh, and uh, Nick oh, can I say before just just on the subject of the theme tune the sonic talk theme tune yeah um I've gone through all I've gone through them all now <laughs> Oh, there's loads. That was brilliant, though. The amount yeah. of amazing entries. It's just amazing. I just thought it was just so cool that we could have so many brilliant, Absolutely. talented audience. I think that's, a, that's How a, cool are they? Very well said. Yeah, no, it is impressive to know that there are so many people who actually have the ability to come up with such great stuff and give us a, a challenging but enjoyable job. <laughs> to judge, but the judge, in fact, the, the, I forgot to say, the winners will receive uh, the Isotope Creative Bundle and, of course, the joy of knowing that they're the pre-roll to our um, our little show here, which in, oh, we've got a bumper room this week in the chat room, which I'm very pleased to hear about. And Mr. Richard Hilton over there in, uh, I think, he, judging by the light, I, I, don't, I think you must have... Um, recovered your house from under the depths of the snowmageddon that uh, has just hit the east coast of america uh rich hilton of course uh keyboard player with chic and Nile rogers studio guy if assume if i, I assume that you can actually get to work at any kind of capacity at the moment how are you rich ah muted is what you are <laughs> ah <laughs> It's the good. snow. Hey. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. I was a bit because we were in the uh, still in LA when the kind of snowmageddon reportage news cycle was going on, and it just it was like curfews, four thousand flights cancelled. It was just kind of everybody. I was thinking, wow, that's amazing. But uh, you survived, right? Right. And the storm we had three days ago was worse than that, and they didn't do any of that. Ah, well. Um, and the storm we're going to have on Sunday is supposed to be possibly significant. It, it, it snows here in the wintertime. I'm cool. I like it. I'm happy. 
Excellent. People well, like to people like to complain about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. Well, I have to say, I think the uh, the U.S. coverage outweathered even the Brits were about talking to weather. There were some fantastic statistics. But uh, thank you very much for for being here, Rich. Anyway, we'll, we'll get pleasure. on. And uh, Mark Tinley, who is not snowed in. Mark Tinley, likebeing.com, uh, music technologist, uh, creative thinker and sound artist. How are you, Mark? I'm all right. I'm Good. in Somerset. You I don't are. know. Does it snow in Somerset? But rarely. It's too flat, isn't it, for snow? I'm, um, I'm all right. Yes, I'm all right. I'm feeling like... I'm thinking, oh God, I'm, I, you know, like when you've gone to school and you haven't quite done your homework. <laughs> so I sort of, I watched all the NAM stuff come in and if I saw a headline that grabbed my attention, I went and watched it and got excited <laughs> by it and everything. But it sounds like uh, Gaz and Robbie have gone through the whole thing and I'm like thinking, we have, no, we have. No I, stone I don't know unturned. if I know all the answers. So I'm sort of thinking, oh no, this is all freeform and I don't know anything. Well, I have a confession to make. You know, it wasn't actually me who filmed every single one of those videos, and I also ah. haven't watched every single one of them either. So uh, I'm relying on the sort of collective, uh, the collective about, consciousness. Talking about watching every single video, though, I have watched every single video for the competition. Yeah. And I have to agree with uh, Gaz, the quality of those, of all of the entrances and Entries. Entries. entries, entries, the yeah. quality of all the entries is absolutely extraordinary, and and kind of if you turn that round, and I think about when I've entered competitions, it's made me realise that when you enter a competition, that there are human beings on the other end of it judging it, and when I've not won things and I've gone away feeling like, oh God, well you know this means something really terrible about me, it's a sort of real eye opener to see it from the other. The other end of it because it's so hard to decide well which one and how does this go and so i mean some of the pieces of music are absolutely brilliant some of them are brilliant and don't quite suit in in the criteria i've kind of created in my mind is that at the end of that you're going to go hi it's nick bat this is sonic state and sometimes i feel like some of the pieces of music don't quite go there um or you know, with the feel of the way that we uh -huh. create the show. So it's sort of, it's really, really, really tough going, actually, I think I'm going to discard that one, but it's so well written. Why don't we just, why don't we have everyone win? Stack them all on top of each other, see what it sounds like. Well, we could do, yeah, or actually just play, just play the one, if we play the one after the other for an entire, that would give us an entire episode of Sonic Talk that uh, with no involvement from us whatsoever. Do one different one every week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it's tempting, but uh, it's, you know. I mean, there is a cut, and, and then I've got all these logical criteria that I'm working on, and there's a couple that I just play and I just go, wow, that's like, that's the one I'm picking. And it's not because it meets any of my logical criteria. It just feels right with the, with the thing. So, well, that's, um, that's the nature of music, I suppose. And that's it the, is, yeah, yeah but, it's, it's really interesting to notice that it's a, such a sensual thing and not a logical thing at all. So absolutely. I learned like loads from being a, being a know, judge, being on the judging Excellent. Yeah, it's really, really informative. So, Nam, just happened. Um, I, have, I, sh I suppose I should have thought of some kind of structure for this show, but I, I guess we could kind of sort of impressions, really, at first. I know, I know that, uh, um, you know, a lot of people have been just sort of following. We did manage, I want to say, actually, I want to say first, thank you so much to our team, because they did a fantastic job. Uh, Rich uh, Beach and Rob Hicks and Ed Butterworth and uh, Andy Mack and 
um, Mira Roberts, who was there on the ground, and a couple of other local guys, Jason Donnelly, and also uh, Rue and Matt, uh, who were there sort of adding to the live blogs. And also you guys for uh, contributing to the live blog. It really helped give it a bunch of personality on that first day. You've done that feature, haven't you, on Sonic on, on Sonic State about the best in them? Why don't we just go? Why don't we use that as our uh, we could feature? We could. Let me see. Have I got that? that. Uh, I thought I actually. Oh, here we go. That's that's a great idea. You should really run this show, guys. Actually, it's much, much better. <laughs> uh, so yes, what we do? I, well, I started with the best of show, and I gave this and maybe controversially to say, although I haven't had a lot of people saying you idiot, uh, to the Ira MX One Mix Performer, which is a, an interesting kind of idea i mean you know it's it the thing about this i mean as well as being a digital mixer and all of those things the fact that it's got this kind of four host ports for usb that you can plug the other iras into without your computer being involved and then they all become part of the audio stream back into the computer that was the thing that really made me go ding this is a great idea imagine if they put ipad class compliancy on there this thing would sell by i don't know i mean we've seen the iconnect midi obviously but Something like this with recallable, this whole business. I mean, that is an astonishing notion, I think. Um, I know, what do you think, Gaz? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this before the show, and, and it's something that we want to see more of is this idea of uh, being able to aggregate audio USB devices and, and to do it in a mixer and to have, like, you know, to combine step sequencing ideas into a mixer as well you know this uh, this mx1 is really is a great thing what i thought was particularly interesting is that um you know performance mixers have generally been the domain of the dj you know that's been more their focus um but this one or you know, you could use it as a DJ mixer, I suppose. And as, I think not you got can. Cross, has th- it got crossfader? No, no, maybe not. No, it hasn't Sorry. got crossfader. No, uh, but it's just it is designed for super fast, you know, performance, uh, um, and and it with an emphasis on fun and those big step sequence lights and the and the way it works is very intuitive. You can pretty much look at the top panel and work out how to operate it more or less uh, without having to look at a manual yeah so i i think that would translate very well to to it being there and using it in a in a a live situation and it's very much like the sort of thing that i'm looking for really myself so uh yeah i I don't have any of the iras so with and at the moment when you look at the graphics it says about those four usb inputs it says uh ira only so I, I, so you know that I think as its current its current state is that it's hosting, um, just Ira yes. device. I so spoke. I spoke. I, sp- I spoke to a bunch of people at Roland and said, "You really should do this. Is it possible?" And I didn't get a no. I got a kind of maybe, and I got a we'll we'll discuss it. It may well be possible. So there was this sort of I don't know whether they were just being cagey or just didn't want to say a negative, um, but you know maybe this isn't going to be the right iteration. I don't know, but for me it just felt like quite an interesting kind of challenge, a, a, an interesting change of direction. Uh, you know, it's certainly in Roller's point of view, but also the idea of having all of this stuff. Uh, usb host specific there's quite a lot of products that are starting to do this and i think this is going to be a way forward it it also provides power doesn't it to one device yeah i think it's so uh the vt3 i think the the voice transformer is the the suggested one but um i wonder if we'll see more of this you know the fact that one lead can supply midi bi-directionally power and audio you know 
Yeah, nice. That oh, right. suits me. <laughs> yeah. That suits me. Get rid of all the cables. Get yeah. rid of it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I know, Robbie, does this... Uh, I guess the thing is, is as a kind of producer um, who's going to be using much more sort of complex mix side of things, I mean, this might be something that would work live perhaps more than uh, for you anyway than, than than in the studio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with uh, with Gaz in, in that and what you've said about at the moment, it seems to be quite centric on uh, as a project, a, a product that's designed to go with their expanding range of, you know, matching products that will work with it. Like you say, whether it whether it then becomes a product that you can incorporate other people's stuff and yeah. use it in a more kind of generic way, I think I think they would be silly to to miss that as a trick. Even if, like you say, even if it's not this one, if not in a future kind of iteration of that kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely makes it yeah. kind of exciting. Hey, Rich, yeah. any thoughts on this particular one? Did you did perhaps you have an alternative for the uh, the of the show because uh, it's a very it's a very subjective kind of uh, award thing. I did deliberate on it, but I just felt this one was the one for me. Well, it's hard for me to pick one thing about the show, uh, <laughs> but there were a lot of things that interested me. But to the point of the uh, Roland piece, it was fascinating to me. And uh, the guy you had in your place uh, operating it was magnificent and really yeah, showed David it Arland. off very well. Showed it off really well. And uh, I don't know how it fits into my life, but it's, it's a really exciting sort of live performance tool. I thought it was very cool. Um, and as for hits of the show, I imagine we're going to come to a whole bunch of them. But it, it, to me, the mere fact that you can buy a brand new product called an Oberheim two voice or a profit or a, uh, ARP odyssey, although it was interesting to me, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, uh, or the Oberheim SEM and Eurorec format or all of that modular stuff. It's remarkable to me. The, the interest, the level of interest is greater than it's ever been yeah. in this stuff. And it's incredible how high it is, the, the level of interest and how fascinating some of these devices are. And there was just so many of them that for me to say, oh, yeah, it was the, uh, the bit-crushing, distortion-controlled, whatever. You know, like I, I'm not even going there, but there's so much great stuff on the sphere, too. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, be, oh, we'll, yeah. defi- so much great we'll definitely come to that. Yeah. Anna, Mark. So, oh, how sorry. come nobody was particularly jazzed by the Odyssey? I think they I were. Am. I think they were. I, I mean, and if you if you see here, um, actually, it got the best mono, um, best mono from me. At the, the show. people I re- I read in general who were you know, gaga over various things. Very few of them were. A much smaller number of them were gaga over that thing than I expected, as compared to some of the other devices. I suppose, and, and I, I wondered why, because I have not obviously. I've not. Can seen we just one. say? Can we just say? Uh, it's been just. I've been going mad with all the people going. Oh, it's got mini keys. It's got mini keys. When it hasn't got mini keys, it's no. got slimline keys. I know these keys because Howard uses the. He's just moved across to the Korg RK100 keytars instead of the aging KX5s that we were using, which have all died. And um, they've got the same keyboard. It's that slimline keyboard, and it's totally way more playable than a mini keyboard yeah they're like sort of three quarter size and it's just people just going oh it's rubbish because it's got mini keys yeah it's just uh, i've been like this all i've been like this nick all week on the on the (laughs) pre-order well before we go there um we should have mark's input on this as well i mean uh, does that kind of inputting the roland thing are they doing um maybe they're doing a sort of a sweepstake of all their old things because that 
concept reminds me of the 103 mixer. The System 100 had a 103 mixer with it, which, in fact, the System 100 was like an entire system all on its own, and you could make music with it. So you got a mixer, there was a sequencer, which I think was a 104, there was uh, various different banks of things, and then there was the 100M, which was the modular thing. And they kind of created this whole system. So I wonder if they're trying to do the same sort of thing. So they even had speakers, actually, that went with the System 100. So maybe they're trying to create this whole kind of world that just, you know, you have your green flashy world and you're, you're making your music with Roland synthesizers and you've got the Roland sound and you stay with them. It's kind of like, you know... Yeah, um, that's an interesting exercise point, in branding. Because what does yeah. it do that I can't do apart from... Well, what, yeah, what does it do that I can't just do with a computer? Tell me that. Uh, hands-on, <clears throat> I guess. Mega hands-on. Yeah, but uh, in terms of sound, then, what am I going to get from it? Um, I, I think... Mean, I just it, need to... I, I, I don't I think... Uh, yeah, find I, a place for it in my world. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I think it's more a question... I think it's more a question for me of the notion of this integration and taking the computer sort of out of the equation but still working okay. with the USB busing and that side of things. That's the thing that I find yeah. interesting. And for me, you know, if they can find a way to get uh, your iPad drivers in there, then you can plug all of those great instruments and synths into that world and have it integrate properly without this sort of inordinately complicated setup that we've currently got. You know, even though the iConnectivity stuff works, it's still, you know, it, it's perhaps a little bit too far for some people. It's not as simple to you, yeah. One, one point yeah. I'd like to say about the mixer before we move on, though, is that this isn't branded as an IRA product. And when you look at the colours scheme on it, there, it, it, it alludes partly to the IRA. There's definitely that green is in there, but also that yeah. orange red of the new JDXI and the, the big brother one. Was it the JDXA, is it? JDXA, yeah. Uh, it's got some of that oh, orange as well. So even so, I'm wondering, you know, maybe... Those things will Orange, be red, and yellow are part of the TR808 kind of flagship colours, and presumably the TR8 has orange, yellow, and yeah, maybe so, maybe so. Red LEDs, right? But it hasn't got that. It hasn't got that uh, green edge, which I suppose is what you mean. It's yeah, it, and it's yeah. not. It's not. Uh, well, it is an IR right. product, but it's not. It, yeah, it's not necessarily so. Okay. Um, maybe. Um, Maybe that custom synth guy can go into business painting the green edges on... He already know. has. Jeff's already done them. I guess. My friend's had his done all orange. Brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. He's got, he's got the units are white and he's got red orange trim. And he's had all the I LEDs changed as well. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how he does all that intricate stuff. Whenever I go at anything with a spray can, it looks bloody awful. He's so skilled. I just, Yes. Always, always in amazing. business, Mark. The only air spray yeah. I the only air spraying yeah. I have is to do with uh, air freshener these days. But uh, there we go. Right, I won't go. <laughs> I won't dwell on that. Um, Arp Odyssey. Here it is. I'll just play a little bit of the video. I think I've got it. To, yeah, here we go. Um, and thanks to our sponsors. There's the Personas. So you might see a few of these today. Actually, to be fair, uh, Personas and uh, of course. Universal Audio, that's what the, those are the words oh, I was looking Rich for. Rich about that later. My good friend. This has got to be like the most eagerly awaited release for ages. So we finally have the Art Odyssey. Tell me about it. Well, it is a recreation of the original Art Odyssey, as you know, 
14% smaller. It uh, has a nice compact shape that works great on a desk. And uh, it's got 37 slim keys. It's got a front panel that David Friend, the designer of the original Odyssey, said even the texture of the paint feels just like the original. So everything has been scaled to fit. Uh, we've added some great new features like a drive circuit, a headphone output, and all three filter revisions, which I'm happy to play for you whenever you're ready. Yeah. Would you like to hear a little bit? Yeah, I think we should. I'm not going to play all of that because there's a, a, that, that. To be fair, I think that was probably my worst co-presenting video I've done because I, I I was I don't know when it was. I think it was day one, but I was really fried and I just couldn't think of anything intelligent to ask him. And I, I do apologise for that now. I'm sure you'll be able to find your Odyssey fix elsewhere. Um, and I did go to the tail end of the big. There was a really big presentation in one of the hall room at the Marriott, and there was a lot of kind of excitement about it. I'm I'm. I'm Rich, coming back to you and that sort of notion that there wasn't that much excitement, I think in many ways the exci I, excitement's already happened and we sort of know what it is. It's an odyssey. It's not like something we weren't expecting. Maybe that's the reason why. Okay. I, I have obviously a very skewed view because I'm 3,000 miles away. So um, I'm happy to hear that I was mis... In, I got a misimpression of that because it seemed to me more people were raving about Oberheim and Dave Smith and modulars and yeah no matter i think you're right but i think i think that raving had already been done on the odyssey when they said that it was coming and it, and it had been quite a long time that we knew about it i think that's partly what it is perhaps yeah. but it's amazing like i said the the interest in these things and these new devices like the roland device we're talking about make me question everything about the way my workflow has developed over the last bunch of years and and at least as far as any work I might do on my own um, suggests that I explore other avenues of music creation, mm. given some of these new tools. Yeah, there are a lot of really interesting things here. I know for, for you guys, I mean, you know, I guess it's not what we expected. There's nothing that we didn't expect, and perhaps that's kind oh, of why. Six. But yeah, oh, about the about the Odyssey. Yeah, but uh, we kind of yeah. yeah, we kind of cover. I mean, you know, it's great that it's available. I think it's going to be about nine 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 US dollars. Uh, working out there are other versions uh, there's the they're doing uh, a limited edition of the uh, gold and black version which is the mark okay. one and also the, the mark two which are a bit more expensive but if you want something that's a little bit different looking i mean it looks okay i'm, I'm imagining um it'll do what an odyssey does that's the idea i i have i don't know an odyssey intimately enough and also on at the show i didn't really have the opportunity to kind of fully um explore the sonic capabilities and hear what it sounded like yes guys can we just have a have a little straw poll to see which color everyone would go if they were going to go for one which would they go for the black one the white one or the um black and orange one Ooh, well, <laughs> black and orange black and orange for me black and orange black and orange Rich? I think black and orange as well, just purely because it reminds me of the Bond bug. <laughs> oh, I love that. Same era, isn't it? Yes, I suppose you so. You have one of those on the dash of your Bond bug as you're driving <laughs> on three wheels. Black and orange seems to be going quite big in the chat room as well. What about you, Rich? The Americans will have to Google Bond bug, won't they? Ask me the question all over again. Please. Which colour? Because there's the, there's the three kind of liveries. So you've got the black and orange, which is the Mark Three. You've got the white face, which I think was the Mark two and the mark one which is the black with oh, the odyssey the yeah. odyssey look yeah 
I think with those uh, proportional pitch controllers, I got to go black and orange. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. I guess the thing is, many people have different, depending on maybe which ones they owned. Yes. If that was a knob, I would say gray. Do you follow? No, not really. Oh, okay. I see. The, the original Odyssey yeah. had a knob for no. pitch control. Ah, yes. No okay. center detente on it. And it was the gray faced Odyssey. And so if you give me a knob there, I want it gray. If you give me those three white spongy things, I want it um, black and orange. I'm guessing I'm that they, yeah, that they, they must. Yeah, no, that, if you're going to be romantic, you might yeah, as well yeah, yeah, be authentically might, romantic. I get you. I get you. Uh, uh, does it have the Moog filter? There's nothing I, wrong with being inauthentically romantic. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for standing up for the inauthentically romantic. The chat room is asking, that. does it have the Moog filter? It has all three filter types. Um, okay, right. Let's go on to the next one. Um, the This is the uh, oh best polysynth. So I'll play oh, a little oh, bit. Oh, we all know that. Don't <laughs> yeah, this was kind of pretty easy to, uh, to do. I'll play a little bit of this. This is Mr. Uh, Dave Smith. Um, charming as ever. And once again, our sponsors, um, Presonus and Universal Audio. Let me see. I, I hope they won't forgive me. They'll forgive me if I just... Yeah. Again, another NAM. Another, another year. NAM. Don't remind me. So, big news. The sequential name, right? The sequential name. How awesome is that? We have the first sequential product made in 30 years right here. It's, uh, it was great to get the name back from Yamaha. They were very gracious. Uh, just a great story, one of those things that never happens anymore. And uh, we kind of took the ball and ran with it. So what's what's the big news with the Profit kind of the six? I mean, well, once we got the uh, sequential name back, uh, we had to sit down and say, well, what are we going to do with it? And we had an idea of a product like this anyhow, but the concept was to take the, uh, the uh, I don't know, the constraint design, the uh, immediacy of a Profit 5, uh, the soul of a Profit 5, uh, but update it and call that our first sequential product. Right, I'm not, again, once again, I'm not going to play all of that, but uh, it sounded nice. It's very hard for me to tell again on the show floor. Dave played it to me. I was listening to it on a pair of headphones sort of via, uh, via um, you know, the camera. Interestingly enough, apparently that bloke in the background there is the keyboard player from Snarky Puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I was told. Um, this, I, I'm, I'm thinking, Robbie, you can seem quite excited by this one. Well, well, I sold my Profit 8 before Christmas and was just about to buy a Profit 8 module because I, I thought I haven't got room for all these keyboards. But I thought, I'll just wait and buy this Profit 8 module till NAM, just in case there's something else. And now I'm going to be lumbered with another keyboard again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, needless smaller, to say, man. that's top of my shopping list for this year. <laughs> Because it's, it's everything I've wanted for ages. I've wanted a total... I, I, I've got the Moog Voyager and I've got the Euro Rack and I wanted a no-holds-barred, tr true, you know, analogue, poly-analogue. And I, want, I really wanted something like a Jupiter 8 or something, but I don't want all the hassle that goes with all that. So this, for me, is going to be the perfect kind of fit, I think, as it will be for a lot of people. Yeah, maybe so. Rich, what yeah. do you think about this? I mean, one thing that Dave said, you know, and I said, why is it why is it so hard to make an analog poly? And he said, it's not, <laughs> as he's just proven. I mean, it's expensive, <laughs> but it's not hard, you know. I thought it was it looked fantastic. It sounded fantastic. Dave is such a nice man. Yeah. Um, I can see the appeal immediately, um, and uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, wonderful thing. Happy. 
I think it's going to be. Happy. I think it's going to be uh, somewhere. Uh, in the, he said, I think later in the year, it's not going to be ready just yet. But uh, I mean, I'm guessing you can pre-order, and I'm sure many people will. Um, so you know, good on them. Uh, Anna, Mark, are you excited by the notion of an analog poly, or uh, could you care less? Um, I'm very excited by the notion of this particular analog poly, and uh, I would love to own one. I, it's just. I don't know. It's it's they have a kind of a furnitureness about them. I suppose that's not a word, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I've always liked the wooden kind of look of it, and the matte black offset against the wood, and this has got like even more red kind of things on it. So it just looks awesome. Um, but then my my uh, my history with Profit Fives are I didn't lay hands on one until I worked with Nick for three years or something and he pulled his out of storage and or hired one or something and we had it in a studio in France and and I tried to program it and couldn't make head nor tail of the way that it worked and had all sorts of troubles learning how to use it because it works totally differently to any of the Roland stuff and I was used to SH101s and SH2s and all that sort of stuff and I just thought it was way too subtle so like kind of once I got into it and realized what it did um then it made sense to me and I've been hankering after a profit 12 for a while and sort of thinking maybe I'll buy one of those but actually I think I would probably go with this rather than the profit 12 so it's on my shopping list ah. it's just it's just a matter of when because I, I mean I and I kind of like four octave keyboards as well because I, I you know Five octaves is an octave more than I need. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Gaz, you look like you were so, keen to come yeah, in. Yeah, definitely on Do my we have the authority list. to do New Year's honours from Sonic State? Can we knight Dave Smith? Because I think that, that you know... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. Because, I mean, you know, I think it's, it's such a lovely story that he got sequential back. And you yeah. just think... No. Couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. No, he, he told me. He know, told me the story. We owe him so much. Yeah, no, he, he told he told you know. me the story. Apparently, um, Kakahashi, who uh, was the outgoing CEO of Roland, which is why you know we're seeing the, these sort of massive changes in the direction and the focus of Roland, which is I think is a good thing. Um, obviously, he's done some fantastic stuff, but you know it's great that he's moved aside and let things sort of move on. Before he went. He just wrote to to the Yamaha board and said, "You know what? I think you should you should give Dave the name back." And they went, "Yeah, all right." And it was just that simple, you know. I mean, obviously there was a bit of legal business going on, but you know, I just thought what a great story. It's like who you know, just a fantastic kind of yeah. heartwarming kind but, of. But notion. it does it does throw up an interesting question, doesn't it? Like I've seen a lot of people saying about, does this mean that they would rebrand all their products now that, or would they run this as a separate kind of entity alongside Dave Smith? And I guess. I guess perhaps they'll just use it for more kind of classic-orientated instruments. I I have no idea, but uh, that's an interesting thought. Maybe maybe there will be. You know, that'd be an interest. Maybe they'll save it for kind of stuff with VCOs. Yeah, yeah, that could be a possibility. Couldn't they've it? got to perhaps save it for a, things. There'll be a Pro One. <laughs> ah, they have to save it for things that the font will look right on, don't they? Basically, yeah. it's very hobbity yeah. that font, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's the only thing. I, I do have a little bit of trouble with it. I know it's history and oh, all that. Oh, Robbie, the font the police. Font, the, font, the font and the... Um, oh, well, actually, on, I like the sequential awesome. font. Yeah. The sequential font's very Tronish. Yeah. But the, um, the, 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 uh, the profit ones, like you say, is a bit wizardy for me. A bit hobbity. I, I'm, 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 <laughs> if only I had the opportunity to real-time change your lower third to a hobbity Rooney font, font then <laughs> I would do it now, just, just in homage, but I'm afraid I can't do that. Um, it's far too complicated. Maybe next time.
Okay, right. Well, moving on. Um, the next thing. Uh, oh, there's the award, by the way. The uh, the the new Sonic State Award. I'm going to be sending that out for people to put on their websites. I'm not a graphic designer and I had to do it quick, but you know, you needs must. I won't even ask what you think of that, Robbie, because I know the answer. Uh, right. Next software. Yes, this was kind of big. I can't play all of this. I'll play the bit which says, you know, what. Um, Oh, go on, play. Ah, there we go. What uh, um, Eric very kindly did to us. A very slim and uh, rather kind of uh, reborn um, Mr. Mr. Persing there. Greetings, Sonic State. It's Eric Persing from Spectra Sonics. And I'm super excited to introduce Omnisphere 2 to you guys. We've been working really hard for a long time on this. And it is... Our first 2.0, and it's gigantic. It's absolutely massive, and so we got to jump into it because there's thousands of possibilities, features, sounds. So we're just going to touch on a few. I can't even begin to show all of it, but just give you a little bit of an idea of what's in there. And this is a, a really great... We have so many different kinds of users. We've got a lot of... Right, again, I'm not going to play the whole thing. You can watch the video. Uh, one thing that I will say, I was standing on stage. And that's Andy's shot there. I was standing next to him, right next to the speaker, this huge... Um, I think he had a pair of gen <laughs> massive Genelecs in there. And Eric likes to demo really loud. And uh, before the show, uh, you know, uh, one thing I also say, you know, Mr. Persing, he kind of, you know, he actually said, I want to do a specific demo for you, which, you know, given how busy he must be and how big a release is, you know, fantastic. Felt very honored to do that. Uh, the other thing was funny. They've got these amazing, they had these amazing kind of uh, video rig with these kind of high resolution kind of HD pan toots hand tilt zooms and all this stuff and there was me and Andy there with our crappy little cameras and I said well can't we just have a feed out of your desk and I'll just stand there and ask a few questions and it was like no they wanted it to be very much us but you know very kind of them to do so uh, but I didn't put anything in my ears because uh, uh, I wasn't wearing headphones because I didn't I wasn't using the audio on my camera and I was literally like here and I was deaf for about an hour or so after on top of the NAM stuff and it sounded bloody amazing um, but this is kind of big news. I know, Rich, I mean, Spectrasonics, certainly in the American film and music production world, they're, they're absolutely massive. I mean, this is really big news, right? Absolutely. Wonderful demo. Eric's a great guy. Omnisphere, the first version, was groundbreaking and uh, a must-have for me. And uh, this one is also in the must-have category. It's just uh, amazing. And his ability to show you around the thing is really... And, and generate musical examples in real time is really stunning. He's great at what he does. Absolutely. And uh, it's fantastic-sounding software. And them going in... To radioactive caves. <laughs> That's a great story. With hazmat it? suits on to record <laughs> the sound of certain stalactites. I mean, come on, how much more romantic does it get than that? Yeah, it was yeah, pretty. No, it's no, really cool. Really I awesome. was so impressed. It, no, it's great. So, uh, Ten thousand patches. Uh, uh, I know Diego Stockos, who's a regular guest on the show or an occasional guest on the show, has put some more stuff into it. I can see you two are itching to get in on this one, so I'm just going to say go. <laughs> Go on. Well, <laughs> there's a few things. I mean, I, I I was very happy because I've been I've been in a sort of mourning period about alchemy the last couple of weeks, and um, I used alchemy for the grand audio, right? Put yes. loads of my own samples in, yeah, um, for so long now, and all the new stuff with opening up with using your own user input, you know, samples just kind of covers all that for me so well. Um, I just thought it was brilliant, and I thought. 
the thing that I thought was really fantastic was that parameter lock thing where you can kind of impose certain characteristics from one sound while you're auditioning other ones. I think that's just genius. Yeah. And um, I'm, you know, I mean, I've, I'm forever listening through sounds, trying to find stuff and having to do preview load because it's, you know, takes much less time. And that the idea of being able to do that was just was just brilliant. I mean, yeah. I've seen a lot of people complaining about the cost of the upgrade, which I just think is ridiculous because it is such a major upgrade. And as a company, they're always so good at not charging people until they really have to. So I, I just I don't think that's a problem myself. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, Omnisphere, I think, has proved to be one of uh, my. I mean, how long have I had it now? What's it? Six years, is it, since it first came out? Maybe? Or five, six years, maybe? Um, and it's still a voyage of discovery every time. So I think these are very clever additions to it. I think it's really cool how what they've done is they haven't just done a new. You know, they haven't like reskinned it. It's not like. It's not like you're having to relearn anything. It's very clever additions to what you already have. So if you know your way around it, it's just enhancements to that. I mean, they've they've added a little bit along the sides, uh, like a, like an inspector kind of area yeah. where your modulations are going to show up. Because um, you know, I've, I've really liked the the way Omnisphere works for people who haven't used it. Is that there's um, there's what they call zooms on each, so you can kind of you can go in or out in terms of the complexity. There's like a first page you can have with just a very few controls on it, and then you can go in and in so forth to to get more complexity. They've you know maintained all that, but by having this sort of side, so you can have like uh, the the browser on the side, or you can have your modulation uh, matrix displayed along the side. I think those are very clever additions to, you know, what was a brilliantly designed piece of software. And I think testament to its original design, I think by maintaining most of that, but just adding these extra things, I think is is the right move. And, you know, bravo. Brilliant. Good. Well, um, 10,000 patches plus now, um, which is a heck of a lot of things to sift through, if that's what the sort of thing you do. I know. Have you, do you use um, Omnisphere, Mark? No. Okay. <laughs> no, neither do no. I. I mean, I don't either. I mean, but... It just seems it's... If I was doing film music, I might consider it, but then again, probably not. Um, it, it, I mean, it's called a synth, but it feels to me more like a sampler, but, that, no. but then maybe I need to use it more. Uh and whenever anybody plays me music and they say I've done this, that and the other and I used Omnisphere, maybe I'm just listening to all the wrong musicians because it all sounds a bit kind of like fake film music to me and I don't know. I don't want to be uh, over it. It doesn't excite me. No, Nothing well, that's fair enough. I've ever heard come out of it's exciting. It's not I, It's not for everyone. It does sound quite musical. I'm certainly even it at sounds, super it volume. It sounds like somebody's... It sounds like the person that's built the library just happened to have a Triton and an M1 and a wave station and a D50 and a J800. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> Midi them all up it's together, like... right? Midi them all up together, sure. layered them, and then just... I think you'll find there are some people disagreeing with it, yes. Okay, Can I just say one more thing? No, no, no. Can I just say one more thing? I was chatting to a friend of mine who, who's actually the guy who's bought the Smith I keep going on about. Who's actually just bought a Moog fifty five as well? Oh wow! Um, but anyway, um, but um, he said to me, he said, "Let's be honest." He said, "We could all do the work we're doing now, 
with if we just had contact and omnisphere if we if we really had to and that's and i think that's right i think as a synth omnisphere is so deep like and and versatile because it is it isn't just a sample thing it's got you know you can do analog synthesis you can do everything in it i think if you really wanted to learn one platform and learn it well that would probably be the platform i would suggest people did yeah interesting yeah, I think yeah. that's I why don't, I don't like it, though. Maybe I think so. It just feels too Dude, much. No. I mean, One I like doing my own thing. I want to go out and record my own, like, you know, me hitting something with a hammer and then going, oh, that's a good sound. And then I put it in something and then I play Yeah, but you can in Omnisphere. You can in the new version. That's the whole thing. Yeah, can you, I? yeah, you can now. That's the difference. So maybe uh, maybe I mean, maybe it's, it, it just be feels too preset. Like, it's like, you know, this has been... Tailored no. for the masses as opposed to. <laughs> Mark, I think if you I say that, it's, Rob that's is, not fair, Rob actually. Like, the design definitely. of the software, the design of the Working software is amazing for, for doing things wrong. Thing. When you boot yeah, into you, it, you start with a basic oscillator and you just start from there and you can really go from the beginning. So I think what you're saying isn't, isn't fair, to be honest. And I think as well, the, the okay. additional thing I'm of being able to, to. I'm willing to accept that I ought to look at it again. Yeah. 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 But pretty cool. one thing we don't know about, oh. though, is um, when you drag your samples in, I think you can't do multi-samples. Is that right? It will only be let you just operate know, on, a, on a single sample. So um, that's because I know some of the sound sources, they appear, you know, one of the things that's different maybe from a, a, other synths. When you, when you look through the sound sources, some of the sound sources are multi-samples um, with velocity, yeah. with, with, which you couldn't get into before. So they were like kind of... Um, like a sealed right okay well that's 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 interesting to know whether or not we can get it is it the steam engine uh yes whether that that become uh, more available but yeah one one to work out but yes oh, i'd rather i still would rather open up logic bring up a whole load of instruments throw like a whole load of different things together and make my own uh multi-layered patches and create and have much more control over it it's just omnisphere seems like it's sort of I don't know, it kind of half does what I would expect it to, but it doesn't, if that makes sense. And then... I think... It, I think you know, what, differenti what differentiates me as a user from anyone else? If I open it up and I just go through uh, uh, t uh, tweaks and presets or whatever... It's like the K2000, for example. Everybody went on about how brilliant it was, but you just heard the, the presets all over everything, and, and that's when it goes wrong, when people mm. don't get into the really in-depth stuff and, and tweak it and really change it and really personalise it. When people buy... I mean, I'm guessing most of the people I know who've got Omnisphere probably are only just touching the surface of it and aren't getting in deep with it, and I'm basically hearing the same thing a lot and going, uh, yeah, okay, so it sounds nice, but it doesn't... Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound personal enough for me. It doesn't sound like I could, you know. Yeah, you know no, that's fair. I think that's fair enough. That's probably a, a, a truism in many ways, you know. I mean, when mm. something is so pervasive and sort of so easy to use and browse patches, then, you know, people the, are going to go. The library it came with was stunning, wasn't it? So, you know, there was some real standout things. And I, I, it reminded me a little bit when the end, was it, which one was it? The um, uh, Emulator 2, perhaps. And there was a bunch of samples that you just heard. Yeah. But, I mean, that's testament, isn't it, to Eric's skills? Because, you know, if you think back to, like, the early days of sample CDs, the definitive sample CD was Distorted Reality 1 and 2. When they came out, they were, like, just, like, amazing compared to everything else. 
and that was all yeah. to do with his clever sound design and processing mm. and i guess right. i guess if you use it out of the box it's it has got an imprint that's very eric persing because he he has a very strong aesthetic that yeah. gets all across all his products but it's what you do beyond yeah. that that's important it's interesting he's kind but of again that's that's what i don't like about it and then that's not that i don't like it's not that I don't think there's an enormous amount of skill in the product or that the or that Eric's an, a, a very skilled programmer. It's just that it's I'm, I'm I don't know I, I I'm maybe maybe overly concerned with my own individuality and being able to put my right. own stamp on things. And often that's very disliked by people. <laughs> well, that's fair enough, but but I, I think you know I think that's a, that's a fair a fair point, and it is maybe yeah. a, a, it is a testament um, to the to the sound design. But then people will gravitate to certain patches. Let's move on and get on to the pro audio. Now, I thought long and hard about this. Um, I ne- I nearly was going to give it to the Artoria Audio uh, Fuse, but I decided. Um, not to in the end because uh, this the, purely because I know that the Moto drivers are generally the ones that everybody kind of stands by and they work very very well in many situations and uh, that just the news of this one 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 two D which just gives an enormous amount of I O I think one hundred and twelve I O across analog MADI AES and ADAT with Thunderbolt USB two and USB three connections plus AVB Ethernet Ethernet which is something I'm quite interested in exploring once I get a, a uh, OSX Yosemite machine here. Uh, and so I award it to this. I don't have a video because I very rarely do anything with Motu. They don't generally do any promo. They just, you know, their stuff goes out and people buy it and, you know, good for them. But uh, that's the one I gave it to. And I'm, I'm interested to see if anybody has any other suggestions or agrees or disagrees on the pro audio side of things. Well, I've got something. Yep. I, I, I was absolutely so so excited about all the developments with the universal audio the apollo expanded stuff yeah because it's done everything i all pretty much all the things i was hoping was going to happen i mean i think even just before christmas i was i was going on about how i couldn't even get two pairs of monitors up and running <laughs> and the fact that you could do three monitor sets of monitors and i can chain all my devices together now all the stuff and then the re the, you know the new console it's brilliant yeah, channel strips. It's fantastic what they've done. Yeah, no, that is very interesting. The, the, the multiple device. I know, Rich, you're a heavy uh, uh, UA user as well. I mean, I know you had some issues when you were thinking about moving to the bigger, the different Macs. But uh, does this Apollo uh, update kind of make sense to you? Apollo expanded, I believe it's yes. called. Yes, yes, it opens up a huge range of possibilities for people, and uh, it's down to their effectively selling it to people on how it interfaces with their current workflow, but it does look like fantastic stuff to me. Yeah, I agree. The only thing I would say is I was a bit disappointed not to see any form of MIDI control of that stuff because we yeah, got this amazing yeah. kind of console. Yeah. It would just make sense to be able to grab a control surface just to sort of work with that in a live or a studio situation would have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and also, but- sorry, go Rich paves the way for their hardware controller doesn't it yes yeah, well that's what that's what that's what the speculation is isn't it uh, ah yeah. maybe that's it there is midi control uh um you can you can, i think it receives clock for bpm effects so far but that's that's about it uh, the only other thing obviously is the fact that it's still Thunderbolt, but that's, you know, just the way things are. But the thing it highlights more more than uh, their problem is the fact that there are not enough PC motherboard manufacturers 
putting mother putting Thunderbolt on their motherboards, which I, I don't. I still. I mean, I know there's quite a high premium to pay for that chipset, but you'd think that somebody would grab it. There's room for somebody to create a, a kind of creative PC workflow with Thunderbolt integrated into it. You know, a machine that works in that way. I don't know. What, I don't know how you think about that, Mark. But I mean, it feels like it's being. It's very much sort of Mac focused, and that. But that, and that's not really Apple or any of the manufacturers' fault, apart from the motherboard people. You know, which need we to. We had get the same thing with Firewire, though, didn't we? Um, if we're talking about uh, UA, then I love all their stuff, and I can't afford it. <laughs> I would love to have that in, those audio interfaces sitting in a rack somewhere or on my desk. Apollo Twin, Apollo Twin, man, that's the Apollo Twin, though. Look, look, bloody awesome, don't they? And they sound good. They do so, sound um, very good. Uh, but yeah, I need to win the lottery to get one of them. I think. I think the Apollo. I mean, the, ge- the genius thing for me is because I've got a little Apollo Twin now with my portable rig, and now I can I can I can join that into the studio with my main Apollo and the two Thunderbolt satellites. And I could even use it on the desk like a controller for the other ones. Which is, I mean, it's it's so well so well thought That's, out yeah. as a as a kind of expanding system, as a modular system, oh. which I think is a really good thing. So. Has everybody answered that question about this? Because can I go slightly sideways? And oh, I was going. I was just hold on. Go gas, and then we'll come back well, to you, Mark. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I would just wanted to return a little bit to the Motu choice, really, just because um, I think. I think that's a good choice personally because I uh, I think the um, I think Motu stuff I've used it for years and years and I think I am going to go down that route for my studio rig um, this uh, maybe not that model but but they've got like a kind of uh, like their own ecosystem a little bit like the that's what I wanted to mention really you know the way these yes. units can all work together and it's a fully expandable um, system. But they've embraced a lot of technologies um, and, you, you know, things like uh, iPad control surfaces for, for you know, uh, mixer, all that kind of stuff. Um, and really, really low latency, you know, I think maybe comparable to the Apollo. So it's, uh, yeah, I, no, it's it's very low. It's point the, the AVB uh, technology, which is the uh, specific Ethernet uh, audio visual bus. I'm not sure what the, the way exactly it stands for. It's, it's mm. point zero six or point six of a millisecond, apparently, which is kind of wow, uh, pretty really? impressive. Wow, yeah. I've just been I've been very happy with Motu, and I think they've got my own. You know, I think my allegiance is with them still, and and it's really nice to see them continuing to develop what i know will be perfectly professional products that you could rely on for years you know yeah that's my based on my experience fair enough Uh, mark you wanted to introduce another element so i was just i mean thinking about audio interfaces i wanted to know what everybody thought about the arturia audio interface because it seems natural to talk about that yeah absolutely i thought it looked great it's supposed to be it's supposed to be uh you know, better than all of these, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, the, the yeah, no, that, that they did a great job of, you know, their whole marketing thing, making an audio interface sound really sexy in a time when there are lots of audio interfaces around. Uh, they yeah. went for the USB 2 route and uh, they were very, uh, and it is a be- in the flesh, it's a beautiful piece of hardware. It's re- and you take the lid off it? and it's got like velvet on the inside, you know, which is, that's nothing to do with the sound, obviously, but, you know, it just feels aesthetically very pleasing, which is, you know, not a bad thing for something that's utility. Um, and 
I, I just don't know whether they've got the technology to make their audio drivers perform, you know, in the way that we yes, would all Yes, it's the key hope. thing, isn't it? It's always the key. It's, it's, it's be, just, yeah. It just lives or, it lives or fails on the, dri- on the drivers. But it's class so, compliant, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's true. Whether it will, it, there's no way you could get that kind of latency on USB 2. What did you say the Moto 1 was? 0.6 milliseconds. Yeah, that's not so uh, under a millisecond. You couldn't get that on USB 2. It just wouldn't no, possibly work. Possibly not. Yeah. Does, um, uh, did, what do you think, Rich? Did, did, did the Artoria um, offering kind of live up to the hype, shall we say? Well, it looks nice until, but I want to see it sitting on somebody's desks with every single one of those plugs filled with gear. That's a very yeah. fa- fair point. To tell you how much I do or don't miss their breakout cable, which they've gone to great lengths to avoid, and they tell you eloquently all the reasons why they believe avoiding it is a good yeah. thing, and I get it. A breakout cable is a compromise. But I want to see that thing on somebody's desktop with like 25 different wires sticking <laughs> out the back of it before yeah, I yeah, tell you whether it's thing- any good or not. I think the thing about it is really it's it's trying to get how it's trying to trying to bring to the market something that has ultimately got as much flexibility whether you whether you end up using all that stuff or you perhaps right. may only ever plug in a record deck once or twice in you know a year right. or something at least right, right, you've right. got all those options right and I guess I think I, I guess I, for somebody buying an interface now you know and they've got a bit of money to spend beyond a really cheap device that might be a good central place for a project studio yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a fair and point. And its portability is is a real advantage. The way, not only in the way that it travels in that nice little jewel box thing that they've created, but the fact that it's so small and easily ported, portable. Yeah, mm. yeah. I like breakout cables. I like breakout cables because it's it's a it kind of. I mean, if you lose a bit of quality because you've got a breakout cable, the the payoff for that is that if you buy two breakout cables, you chuck one in your kit bag, which you take around the world with you, and you leave all your studio gear connected. So when you walk back into your studio, you put your laptop down on your desk, you plug your audio interface in, and you plug your breakout in, and you're connected back to your studio. Otherwise, you've been away for like six months or something. <laughs> walk back into your studio, and you're like, oh, where does this red wire go? And what's this one? And what's that? Mm-hmm. Or you end up labeling everything, and you get all these sticky labels everywhere. Yeah, so well, that's a good I like point. I like cables, because it means you'd have it's, to, it's instant. You'd have to buy two. That's the way. Sorry, guess. Yeah, buy but two in the, breakout in, cables. <laughs> yeah. In their advert... In that like that that Apple esque presentation, they were going, "No, who wants an octopus on their desktop?" About the break, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, just to back up what Rich's point is, you know, it's like having all that splayed out the back, you know, it's sort of it's an octopus and its guts as well, you know, yeah, it's a dead octopus, and it's, a yeah. <laughs> it's a caged octopus, it can't can't escape, right? An octopus <laughs> out of water. Oh, hang on a minute, I need half an hour to unpack. Right, this we better we better move on. There's more to go. Right, this was the other one. This Ooh. was my Wait. new, oh, new yeah. technology. Oh, yeah. Now this really didn't I, I I confess I didn't really give it much notice because obviously Korg were, you know, were kicking it with the uh, Odyssey and the uh, MS20 desktop and the SQ1 news. This thing is uh, a technology developed by Korg and Noritaki Co. It's called NewTube, and it's basically a vacuum tube, uh, as far as I could tell, on a chip. Uh, and it has that it basically less than 30, 30% of the original piece of glass, and it uses less than 2% of a traditional tube, which presumably also means it runs... Um, 
much cooler as well, and has a life of up to 30,000 hours. Now, it may seem like a fairly dry and dull thing, but this could be absolutely massive, couldn't it? I mean, yeah. can you imagine what possibly could, could you know, I, I don't know whether, it, presumably you can run the same high voltages through it if you want to as well, because that's what makes tubes do the thing that they do, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Anybody have any strong feelings, Gaz? <laughs> that you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, amazing. I think it's a really clever idea. You know, they've actually gone and thought, why are people still smitten with tubes? You know, uh, uh, sorry, valves. How dare I? <laughs> um, you know, they've looked at it. Sign them up. They've... <laughs> but, they, you know, they've gone, oh, actually, well, they, you know, they've whittled down. The, the the way that the, the triode, I mean, I don't, I, I'm really not very clever about this kind of stuff, but they've they've figured out how, what it does and how they can miniaturize it and still maintain what it does, what what people like it for, because obviously um, valves tubes uh, were necessary, weren't they, before the uh, transistor? They were necessary for a whole bunch of functions, and its audio, um, its audio qualities. Uh, sort of a were a byproduct of just the way it worked. So by right. by by them sort of concentrating on just looking at that, I, I think it's really I think it's an amazing idea. You know because I you know I've got lots of stuff that's got tubes in them and I do enjoy it. You can they do have a very special quality. So the fact that you'll be able to you know you'll be able to put this into microphones and presumably power the microphone with phantom power. You know I've got a, I've got a valve mic here and it's got a massive big power supply and and I never take it out when I'm doing remote jobs just because too much effort. So to be able to have that, you know, make, I'm assuming that phantom yeah. power would be able to. I guess I'm it means we can have like we can have like we might start seeing audio interfaces with valve stages built in and all that kind of thing. Yeah, more yeah. more so. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it can sound the same? I mean, obviously with conjecture. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they must have worked pretty bloody hard to make it sound the same as a tube. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. Is, can it sound the same? And I want to hear it in the same room as a guy who's about 85 years old who used to fix tube radios when he was a young man and who is much more familiar with the fundamentals of tube technology than I am. I want to sit there with that guy and listen to it and have him explain to me all the reasons why it can't possibly work while we're trying to figure out why it does. I mean, at best, you know, so I hope it does deliver on the promise. Yeah, we don't know whether there's DSP going on in there or whether it's electronically kind of emulated or, you know, whatever. That's the thing that we don't know, I suppose. Valve Volkers. Yeah, yeah, well, of course. Metasonics, yeah, but they made them out. Their tubes were just sort of repurposed kind of old TV tubes. They weren't AX73s or whatever they whatever the ones that the thing about tubes is it tubes it either does what tubes do or it doesn't. And my understanding of tubes is that they uh, they create overtones of odd order harmonics. So if I've got a fundamental frequency, then it does three, six, nine, eleven, thirteen, etc., 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 etc. And with transistors, transistors create overtones of even-order harmonics, which is why they sound so different. So when you ramp up a, a tube and you get distortion, all the overtones are kind of like triplets, triplety. And I always see this as the difference between a car with an, uh, an 
a six number of cylinders, so sixes, twelves, and twenty-fours. When you hear a car with that number of cylinders, it always has this really rounded, growly kind of sound to it. And a four-cylinder car just doesn't sound the same. So I, I see for for guitar amps, I've always seen tube guitar amps as being like pedigree things, like Jaguars and stuff, and they just sound. Uh, yeah. So if this if this tube technology uh, creates uh, odd numbers, odd order harmonics, then it will do the same as a valve, and it should sound the same. But if it doesn't, then it's uh, then you need to stick with the original big right. mushroom shape things. Yeah, no, that's and, a fair point. Okay, um, we don't Lamborghinis throw that out because they're V10s, aren't they? But anyways, <laughs> well, we don't. I mean, we don't know yet. They're, they're, we're going to be seeing some stuff, but it just looks like quite an exciting development. So uh, that's why it got the new technology award. Uh, so next up, uh, oh, this was top chap. Yes, this was this was just a slightly flippant thing, but uh, this is. Uh, Avery Burdett, who on the Yamaha booth showed me around the collection of vintage Yamaha synths, which sadly was um, the only thing I was interested in at that particular time at the show. And I think it was the case uh, for a number of people. I know they did produce some other stuff. They've got some interesting small um, uh, USB audio interfaces, etc. But not, nothing kind of as, as uh, a signature or headline as, you know, perhaps this stuff. And he was just awesome and he gave some really went into incredible depth and was sort of groveling around on the floor to switch on the gs1 and play the dx1 and it was just it was fantastic my favorite 30 minutes spent at nam actually i thought i don't know anyone else get a chance to see this i don't know rich if you're familiar have you met avery i've i've, I've never really had any dealings with him before I'm sorry, Nick. I, I, I lost the, the plot. You're going to have to the, start uh, me over. Uh, well, with Avery. Avery. Uh, yeah, showing us around all of the uh, vintage synth stuff. Um, oh, I, the Yamaha booth. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. I did. I watched it in its entirely. Very nice, man. And uh, what fun. Yeah, it was. The, uh, what was that? The GS1? Yeah. The thing that looked like an old square piano? It yeah. Great. It sounded amazing, actually. Absolutely. I remember it now. I mean, I hadn't thought of it in a long time, but I do remember it as being an early uh, FM device and having those little paper tape storage things that they had yeah absolutely brilliant i mean yeah. and, and how kind of some of those people to to send out some of their beloved babies like the vl3 really? the vl3 which was the physical mod polyphonic physical modeling said 30 grand only 12 ever made i mean that's right. kind of that's a rarity what's that oh yeah um gaz you've got the synth book app which was something they released on the iphone right well as well sorry Rich. You can uh, the VL one was on stage with us at the Budokan on the Budokan DVD with Sheik. Um, Philippe Says was across the stage playing the hell out of the VL one with the breath controller. It was ah, great. Excellent. Is that something recent? The release of this DVD? No, it was recent oh. to the time ninety six when oh, it was okay. done. But I mean, it's still I think available somewhere. But and it's probably online. But anyway, uh, Philippe played the heck out of the VL one a couple of times in the show. But yeah, it was a beautiful kind of moment, uh, and and one that made me sort of think, "Come on, Yamaha, let's have something kind of more from you." I don't know what you thought about. It. Uh, did you get a chance to see that, Mark? You've, you're hello. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> I'm sorry, Charles. Ask me the question again. Uh, the uh, did you see the Yamaha thing? And and uh, uh, gosh, I've come, I've lost my train of thought now. Sorry. <laughs> the Yamaha booth with all oh, the hold, vintage stuff. Oh, hold on, Gaz is Gaz is coming in. What's that there? 
No, I think just it's worth people not being aware of the Yamaha synth book. If you've got an iPhone, it's a free it's a free download, and it's a it's forty years of Yamaha's history in a really nice app. But it also comes with uh, an AN One X virtual, a complete you know uh, built into the what? virtual synth, virtual wow. synth Bloody built hell. into the really yeah, and it's free, and it's a you know it's a it, you know they've got like a. There's also like you know uh, the current catalog in there as well, but but it's a really nice, it's a really lovely little freebie, really sort of. Um, yeah. So I think it's just worth. I just thought it was really worth. Um, yeah. Mentioning that. Definitely. definitely. So what was the Yamaha thing that I'm not up to speed on because I don't think I am. So it was just purely that uh, we got that tour with Avery Burdett. I, he got the Top Chap Award because um, he just showed us around all these fantastic <laughs> old synthesizers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, oh, I'm very, very excited by the Yamaha MT09, but that's a motorcycle. <laughs> ah, well, that'll do. That's fine. <laughs> it's a Yamaha product. Oh, I'm <laughs> absolutely overexcited, and I really oh, want one of those. <clears throat> oh, what are you? What are you whispering about there at the back? Oh, Broderman? Sorry, Williams? I was just getting a, I was just getting a Wi-Fi code. That was all. <laughs> I say I've learned my uh, Wi-Fi code as a uh, a song. A song. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was printed on on the router, I thought rather than change the uh, password, I've I've learned to sing it. Because I thought, how am I going to remember this long code? So I, I thought by 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 singing it. Oh, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think you should. Yeah. Yeah. Away. Every every time I come round here with a new device and say, "What's the Wi-Fi?" He sings it. Out going, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way. It's a good way of learning sort of random abstract kind of. This is very, how religions do it, isn't it? Very religions. nice indoctrinate their, uh, their <laughs> followers with tunes that tell them the story right and Afri an african culture storytelling is all done through song so it's a brilliant way of remembering it absolutely right next artoria beat step pro this does Woo! look really nice actually oh yeah this, uh, this does, really yeah. does look nice uh and i will uh let's oh, let's just go to here we go oh there we go and All right. Hello. It's my first video at NAMM, so it's probably a bit rough. Showing our new BeatStep Pro. And if you remember our BeatStep, which was just a 16-step sequencer with all the knobs adjusting all the pitches, this is pretty much its older brother. We asked... It does look really good. I'm going to spare you the... Uh, all of that, Whitley, there's a great comment in here. Is it, what is it about? Um, um, I'm just see if I can find it. There was, a, I don't think it was in this one. It was in the YouTube, the YouTube one, which was, what is it about? Who's that guy playing the solo in the back of every bloody Nam video? It's driving me mad. <laughs> it wasn't. It was uh, somebody else. But it does look really nice. I reviewed the beat step and it, I, I quite liked it, but this really does sort of look good. And I think it's at like 299 US. You know, it looks like a pretty cool um, device. Sort of thing that I think might appeal to you, Gaz, and you, Robbie, by the looks mm. of you, nodding there sagely. Well, the, the best thing about it is, is I've realised how I can get, I can free up some space in my Euro rack. I can get rid of possibly my Metropolis ah. and put some other stuff in and have that on the desk. So yeah, and you can fit that in the actual case of the modular as well, so it'll all sort of pack away nicely. Ooh, good idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, because uh, the other. Sequence. Well, there's been a few good sequences released, wasn't there? The uh, the coma one. Oh, the coma. Yeah, which yeah. looks like a which looks like a the big daddy of all of these. And then there's the little baby Korg 
SQ1 as well. Yeah, that which, looks really um, nice. Because I'm a recent convert to the Volkers, I was quite attracted to that. But but then I saw the this one and I just thought, oh, well, yeah, there's the coma, yeah. which looks fab. But uh, coming back to the beat step, though, I thought the beat step just looked amazing for just having that combination of all those things and being able to just Eight, eight, eight trigger outs for the drum pads, uh, two separate sequence uh, CV gate yeah. channels. And MIDI 16, output. Step, 16 track sequencer for the drums as well. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's bags of bags of creative possibilities with that one. I've played around with a beat step. I don't own one, but I've played around with one quite a bit and I really enjoyed it. So I think that one looks, yeah, that, I think it looks brilliant. And I think I'm not going to get an SQ1 now, which Ooh. it was... I, which I was really? just about to get, but yeah, mm. I think I'm gonna right. hold because the SQ1 it looks like you can use it as a CV MIDI to CV. Yeah, there seems to be some confusion of that because I asked Rich Formidoni whether that was the case, and he said yes. But I've subsequently heard that we're not sure, so I need to check that out. I've got one in a box over there. I've, they sent me another bloody MS20 kit, and I really—I <laughs> mean, much as I really like the form factor of the MS20 uh, desktop kit, really like that. Oh, you have to build that yourself. Oops, what have I done? It's, it's, it's unbuilding it and sending it back's the problem. Yeah, no, I didn't have to do that. So Rich Rich, <laughs> Rich was uh, waving wildly in the background and I pressed the wrong, back, the wrong button. Like, uh, <laughs> hold on. There, oh, I'm fading to black. Come on, come back now. <laughs> uh, yes, I did a time-lapse one uh, of the MS-20 kit, but yeah, it is a real... It's a, it's a challenging build, shall we say. And, and the bottom... Here. I'll do my own... We'll, we'll race. Ah, uh, well, okay. We'll <laughs> see where you can arrange that. But uh, it's definitely... Um, but it comes with the SQ-1 as... You know, you can buy the SQ-1 separately, but it does look kind of nice, the SQ-1. Uh, and yeah. it goes... You have uh, to build the MS-20 desktop unit. Yes. You do? Oh, it's, okay. a kit, it's a kit form like the... Uh, but it's a lovely form factor. And it looks more like an MS-50, but it's also got some malts and it's also got some additional features, like it's got oscillator sync, which the original obviously doesn't have. And I believe it's got pulse width modulation on the patch bay as well, which are two things that I think that the uh, original MS-20, you know, everybody was... Uh, does it have that? Does it have that? So that's kind of... That's kind of neat. So that's just another iteration. Um, I, I think it's mm -hmm. going to be some form of limited edition. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. But but going back to the uh, step sequencer, um, Mark, does that? I know you haven't got any modular kit, but things for like drum triggers and what have you, it looks like it could be very useful for interfacing to all sorts of things. Um, don't know. I'm going to pass on this. All right, that's <coughs> absolutely fine. We can move uh, on because we still got quite yeah. a lot more to go through. Uh, I think. Uh, no. Oh, and also, and that's where we picked up some of the other things, and I think that's probably a good position for you guys okay. to sort of pick up some of your uh, tips. Uh, one was uh, Electron's Overbridge technology, Woo! which was announced at Music Mesa last year, and that is absolutely awesome in many ways, um, not only because it works great with the uh, Electron stuff, which is, you know, for some of us old guys, is kind of impenetrable with those tiny LCDs because there's going to be an editor along with it, but also because it uses, again, the, the notion of sort of... Um, almost sort of hacking the USB audio system. So essentially you plug them all into the same USB audio bus, but it all comes into a single USB plug-in, a plug-in that you put into your DAW that then addresses all of the hardware inputs and outputs of those individually without having to create an aggregate device. And then that goes through your chosen audio hardware, which is kind of like, genius. wow, that's a genius idea. I can mm. see that technology moving on somewhere else. And I know, Yaz, you were quite excited by this. Yeah, definitely. And I mean... You know, it just shows that it's possible. 
because I've been wondering about this for a long time. So I think it's, you know, it's obviously not easy to implement, but, uh, you know, that puts a very compelling case forward for the uh, for the electron products doesn't it and the, there was a sneak preview of the uh editor as well wasn't there and, and it uh, and it looked really good it yeah looked, i got it uh, let me see if i can find it right at the end oh, here we go you know, beautifully designed so the idea of having genuine analog devices that work as plugins is pretty pretty cool yeah that does look pretty nice i would agree so if it's a question of just you know opening it up, inserting it like you would a VST, and it's there, and you can do what you need to do on the screen, you know. Obviously, a big criticism a lot of people had for Electron products is the very small screen, yeah. you know, which is going to be going to put a lot of people off. They sound fantastic, so this looks like the the perfect. Uh... <laughs> yeah, me and Rich both. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um... I know. I think it's got a lot of potential. I mean, I'm wondering if there's a way that they'd be able to kind of turn this into something that they could sell as a software product, because I know it's very difficult to sell like a driver or a plug-in. Maybe there's a way that they can incorporate that technology into some other, so you can effectively aggregate devices in the same way that, you know, we were kind of excited about the IRA MX1 being able to do that in a software scenario where it does. That sounds like it could be pretty interesting as well. Or hardware boxes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, hardware boxes that represent the guts of their devices that are all software controllable. It opens up the possibility of that. Yeah, definitely. And it shows that there's still some innovation to be had within what is, you know, I mean, USB is old technology by, 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 by the, the, the march of, music, of technology as it moves on. And uh, in the same way that MIDI still has all these sort of untapped uses and what have you, it's, it's interesting that it's getting to that level of maturity where people are going, oh, actually, we could do this and we can do this. And I like that. And I don't know why it is. Maybe in the same way that we found it with... Uh, uh, synthesizers, uh, virtual synthesizers, there's, uh, there's a tipping point where the DSP code and the ability of the DSP programmers gets to a, a level where they can do these amazing, hard-to-tell-the-difference kind of things. Maybe we're starting to see that in sort of USB driver world as well. I don't know if you... Uh, well, what, 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 yeah. Why are, why are uh, instrument and device designers seem to be eschewing USB 3? Why is it I don't see it incorporated into more audio and music devices? I'm not sure. I don't know whether it's is it a motherboard thing or it's just because there's so many more USB 2 holes out there than USB 3 ones. I don't know. There could be. It's be... the same hole. <laughs> it's different behind the hole, but I uh, understand that. But it's the same physical. No, plot. no, no, it's not. No, it's, the other uh, end, not. It's this. It's not. It's different. No, not at the other end, but at the at the device end. In other words, at the. Oh, okay. At the, uh, at the computer. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes, I, yes, I understand yes, yes, what you're yes. saying, but it, so it's down to the cost of the connector then. I'm not sure. I'm not times, sure. Ten times the bandwidth because of the, and the cost of the connector. It's crazy to me. There's got to be a reason, and, and I'm sure it's a good reason. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I know, Mark, what do you think? I mean, it seems like the, the idea of being able to kind of hack or expand the USB ca capabilities like this, it, it's, it, it's something quite new. It's got to be. Um, you've just you're just a level behind in terms of where the program's operating, aren't you? <clears throat> so you're sort of playing around at driver level, and 
operating system level. So somebody's writing stuff that can... I mean, there's no reason why you can't move those chunks of data around, is there? Because if you think about inside your sequencer, you've got all sorts of data flying around within the sequencer and flying around really fast. So there's no reason why you can't... It's just getting at the way that the USB port's addressed and making that work. So right. it's, it's got to be possible, but whether... In the same way that MIDI works because a whole load of people collaborated, I think there has to be some collaboration between some people to make this work. And I guess maybe that time's come where we know enough about how it works that we can uh, kind of bolt those things together. And then, yes, it does become an exciting um, prospect because if you can integrate things at that level... Uh, and you know that they're going to work together, it opens up all sorts of possibilities that we're not able to do at the moment. So, right. Um, oh, I've just realised I haven't actually done that. <laughs> done the I mean, my experience, I just, suppose my experience with aggregate drivers is that sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. They work much better on the Mac than they do on the PC. So if I use something like ASIO for all, and I try... Which an ASIO for all basically addresses the hardware directly, but if I try addressing different pieces of hardware directly and creating a composite audio driver, so I've got this mic, which yeah. is a USB mic, and then I've got a USB audio interface, they just go horribly out of sync. There's all sorts of glitchy noises, which I quite like because I like glitchy noises, but they're not the sort of thing you'd want to have in your computer if you're trying to record something no. <laughs> professionally for someone else. So. Uh, it all starts to fall apart and go wrong and everything goes out of sync. So if they can fix that issue and make things talk to each other at that level in all sorts of different devices and know that the um, whatever the clocks are that are holding it all together can be stable, yeah. then I would be like, yes, brilliant. And, yeah, well, and, maybe maybe, you know, maybe this is... It, the, does, it needs to go there. Yeah, maybe this is the beginning of that. I mean, that would be something... I've just realised, rather... I've just realised that I haven't actually played the um, the uh, ad or announced the winner of the competition for Universal Audio. So better do that right away because we're um, nearly at the end of the show. I do apologise, but it's been a while and uh, we've been very excited about stuff. So I'll just do that very quickly now. Uh, if I can press this button and a video will play, then even better, because then I can talk over it and uh, and then everything will be all right. Here we are. Isotope Iris 2, of course, uh, sponsors of the show. Very pleased to have them aboard. At the Sound of Iris, I mean, this is an amazing new update. Four sample slots, lots and lots of modulation possibilities. All kinds of new effects. There's a whole bunch of brand new sound design capabilities in this, including a, a, a ton of fantastic classic oscillator waves. Uh, five LFOs, five ADSRs, drag and drop, like I said, four sample slots. All the, the sort of sample packs are now brought together in one big pile. You don't have to buy any additional libraries. You've got obviously the spectral editing of the individual samples. Lots and lots of stuff that you could do with this. If you want to check this out, please. Please go to isotope.com forward slash iris and uh, you can download a 10 day free demo. Uh, and of course, uh, we've also, uh, two weeks ago, we ran a competition. I mean, must go there because I also want to show another point. You can win Iris 2 this week. Um, but last week's winner, or last show's winner, uh, you had to tweet out evocative effects to at isotope and at, at uh, Sonic Knit, which I've also changed. I want to find out how it was won by. Uh, Clone334, a chap called Joseph Alex, and he says, I want to find out just how evocative these effects are, and I would concur there. And we're running a new competition. In fact, there's one very important thing about this, is that um, 
I've changed the Twitter handle because it used to be Sonic Nick and now it's just Sonic State. I've just changed it. It just makes it a lot easier. So to win your copy of Isotope RS2, you enter the competition this time. We will announce the winner next time. You can win Isotope RS2. You need Twitter. Um, basically, you just need to tweet this. So you tweet at the hashtag, the world is your instrument. Uh, because you can drop pretty much any sample in there and create your sounds in Iris 2, uh, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And then we will pick a winner uh, from uh, the special um, supercomputer random number picker that we have. Uh, so just tweet that. But add a comment as well, because it's always nice. You've got 140 characters. You may as well use them. Hate to see them go to waste. So tweet. Hashtag the world is your instrument, one in one word, no spaces, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And uh, we will pick a winner next week. I want to say thank you. And there's also one other thing, because people have been wondering about the Isotope Fairy. And the Isotope Fairy is, in fact, here. I spotted her on the Isotope booth, and uh, she had some wings on. So that's how you could tell they were. So there she is. Uh, She's a bit shy, but... I had to creep up. Oh, there she is. And she will bestow you the uh, Isotope Prize. So once again, congratulations to our winner. I should just say who that is. Uh, it's Joseph Alex Clone 334 is the Twitter handle. If you let yourself known to me, then the Isotope Fairy will give you a copy of Iris. Right. Phew. Glad I got the sponsors does the, in. Does the Isotope Fairy talk with a Boston accent? Uh, no, she does not. Not particularly. Oh no. Yeah. Really? No, not particularly. I don't think but she's in Cambridge, na- Mass. I don't know if she's native to uh, to Boston. Well, she may have, have flown. Accents thick as thick as fog. You she she may have flown there from uh, wherever the fairy homeland is. <laughs> I can't. Say. Does she, I, does I'm she t- have th- like th- a this- lot of eight to ten k in her voice. Do you need a DSer when she talks? <laughs> no, she's fine. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm sorry that that didn't happen sooner, but uh, I guess uh, that's just what happens when you get all excited about new gear. There is actually one more thing. Uh, best of the rest. I, I, I should probably bring them in. Uh, this was the Korg S desktop uh, MS20 desktop kit and SQ1 sequencer, which I was very pleased with. I thought it and uh, Universal Audio Apollo expanded, which I know Robbie chose. Uh, and this thing was quite interesting. This is the Bone Box. Yeah, which yeah. is uh, I don't know if anybody's yeah. used uh, Bohm's MIDI translator. In fact, it is working here. When I press a button, Bohm's MIDI translator it goes round the network uh, through the computer through this audio interface into the computer over there. And Bohm's MIDI translator is the thing that uh, tells our streaming to record, amongst other things. Uh, the Bohm box is kind of all of that functionality in a box with MIDI interfaces, USB interface, uh, and a ethernet cables for rtp midi and it just looks very interesting as a concept i don't know how much it's going to be or when it's going to happen but i and i didn't see it at the booth because uh we didn't get their press release and i was unable to spend much time driving around just wandering aimlessly which is a shame but that's the way it goes looks kind of interesting I guess, Nick, yes can i just before i forget can i ask you did did you get to go and look at all the modular euro rack may, mayhem there no, um, uh, Ed, oh, okay. Ed did. I did see oh, some okay. of it, but Ed was our guy who was bringing all that stuff in, and he I, he did a sterling job uh, bringing it onto the show. And, and, I just wondered if there was anything that stood out for you, but if you'd seen it, but if you uh, well, no, but he started to talk to me about what he thinks uh, might be his picks of the show, um, and one of the things I expect to be kind of good. I mean, this isn't a directive to him or anything, but the uh, the Boomstar oscillators as okay. uh, modulars, as Eurac modules is pretty cool. And I think the thing is, the thing I felt and the thing, I think there's going to be a massive Eurorack 
explosion this year. I think, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we're going to see some really big stuff coming along uh, and that's going to be interesting. Oh, yes. The Waldorf, the Waldorf, the Waldorf, NW1. Yep, the Waldorf, uh, yeah, that NW1. Right. Yes, that's mm. right. Uh, that but, looks fantastic, doesn't it? You know, it did a, look pretty cool. Yeah, as well. But, aspects of Nave, the, I, you know, that's a really interesting development, isn't it? Seeing something that has got influence from an iOS app iOS app making it native into, and then native into a Euro rack. You know, it's an interesting development, isn't it? Because it's got lots of things that were pioneered, I think, in Nave. I mean, it's a continuation of of uh, Waldorf's um, wavetable you know, progress. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, the bone thing, Nick. Just before we move on from that, yeah. Um, has that got like an Arduino or something inside it? Because I have no idea. It must do. It must have something like that. Or maybe. Right. This will please the chat room. Maybe it's got a Raspberry t- a Raspberry Pi Model Two, which hey! has just also come out. Absolutely, that was, I was just thinking that. That was uh, yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got a. Uh, I was contacted by uh, one of my guys at Microsoft who said, "Oh, this has just dropped, and basically it'll run a version of Windows 10 embedded. Uh, it'll run all the old stuff, but it's got four USB ports, quad core, 900 megahertz processor, and a gig of RAM." That's pretty major. Have you seen that other holographic overlay stuff? That yes, the hollow, uh, what was it called? Hollow, hollow. That's mental. Yeah, that looks pretty crazy as well. They're rocking it at the moment, aren't they? I they think there's going to be some very interesting things coming yeah, out of Richmond. I mean, it's time they did something, I suppose, isn't it? So. Um, oh, well, there's a lot of stuff going on. The idea of, of being able to create Minecraft in my living room. But I mean, it's just in terms of like being able to just add interfaces to anything that you can see, just seems. I mean, that the musical connotations of that are yeah. quite extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't need to buy a Prophet Six. Maybe I can just make one out of Minecraft blocks, and I can have it <laughs> show up in front of me. Right? Uh, so you might be able to do a better font than that one. <laughs> hey, yeah, oh. might, might be a bit blocky. Oh, I would want to do yeah, that. Yeah, blocky. Font. That's what we want. <laughs> but that is quite big news because I think you know we're still talking a 35 buck computer that will be powerful enough to run dedicated instrument code and you know with Windows uh, embedded there I think you know it's, it's very similar to the ME I think where you can just bung out stuff you don't need and just have the core so you can have an instrument you just buy it in a box and you plug a MIDI in and get an audio out and there you go and it just runs native code that sounds like that we might be seeing some interesting developments there as well I mean I'm I am speculating but the power is there isn't, it's dirt cheap isn't ME a disease well yes but I don't Chronic think that's fatigue syndrome I, I don't think that's the uh, that's the that's what can they we were have, going for can we have turkey of the of the show Nick um, I will oh. tell you, yes, I think, I think I know where you're going with this. Um, but oh, yes. maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe, maybe go somewhere else with it. Where, well, you, you could do that. The most disappointing thing you saw at the show. All right, you brought it up. Off you go. Go on, Robbie, you go first. I, I have to say, I think mine was that Keith McMillan mixer. Really? Interesting. <laughs> I just thought it's just like, yeah. it's like, let's get our technology from the, you know, the, the other thing they did. And kind of try and slap into a mixer. It just looks so meaningless to me. They're like these these faders that just have like a wash of colour. I mean, I don't know why they didn't even think just to put at least put pin LEDs in it. So it's something a little bit more specific than this just general wash of. Anyway, I just thought it was a bit of a funny, one of those sort of those sort of outside the box left field products. I'm not sure. It's interesting because I thought, oh, that's quite neat. The fact that it's an audio interface and a DSP mixer with recallable presets and multiple inputs. I didn't, but I I take your point about that. I was 
Robbie just stole oh. what I was going to say. Oh. Actually, I think you're probably... And I was going to rage against it. They were saying about how, like, that, that, you know, it's got this really deep MIDI functionality, but they left off the DIN plugs and you were meant to plug in a USB thing to put MIDI ports on and there's loads of space on there too. It's like, don't do this, manufacturers. Do not abandon the DIN plug. No, do not. I MIDI would... has been yeah, a success really. because of the DIN plug <laughs> and the fact that manufacturers kept putting the DIN plug in Time and time again, when they probably yeah. didn't want to. So yes, so okay. that's why it gets it. That's why it gets the down thumb for me for okay. leaving off the thin plug. Okay, I, I can <laughs> I can live with that. I think that's an acceptable candidate for room one. We'll never get an endorsement from them ever. <laughs> no. But what about the, tim- what the, about the Timberwolf? The Timberwolf, though. I mean, yeah. Um... I, I, I did see it in the flesh, and I spoke to Dan uh, Guild, lovely chap. Uh, it sounded pretty horrible to be perfectly honest and i spoke to cory banks we met cory who's on the show he was in the press room with us and he came up to me and said so i i went back a few times because i thought it can't possibly be that horrible and he said i just couldn't get it to sound any good and i think what they did is they took the voice from the rhythm wolf which was a fairly basic voice it's just you know an oscillator and a filter essentially i don't think there's much else going on maybe a bit of envelope action certainly not much in the way of modulation and he just said it sounded uh, ghastly I can only concur from what I saw. Maybe it's pre-production, but it does smack a little bit of, we're going to make an analogue poly. doesn't matter how good or bad it might be. But It's not really an analogue poly, is it, properly? It's, it's a bit I, bizarre. I it's sort of like a, it's like a really, really bad iteration of having an Oberheim 4 voice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But that one that just sounds awful. Yes, I think perhaps you're right. And also, can I mean, I go positive I mean, now. Yes, go on, Mark. <laughs> okay, so can we do personality of the show? Oh, all right then. Go. Well, I, 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 I don't know if Rich had anything he wanted to contribute to the turkey uh, uh, right. thing. Yeah, go on, Rich. Uh, only if you feel strongly. I don't want to put you on the spot, but if there's something you have in mind, then that's fine. But otherwise, we can we can move on to Mark. I can't think of anything right off. That's hand. fine. <laughs> move on. The, sh- the floor yeah, is yours, Mark. I'm so taken with this little <laughs> Epiphone guitar. It's called a Blueshawk Deluxe, I think. And it's a copy or a, a, a lookalike version of the Gibson Blueshawk, which I didn't know anything about and has been around for a while, I suppose. But Epiphone have brought out this guitar, two P90 pickups and like lots of twisty knobs that make it sound loads of different ways. But the guy demonstrating it, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. He's a man called Will Jones on the Epiphone stand, or Dr. Epiphone, and he's kind of got spiky blonde hair and a crazy-looking moustache and or beardy kind of thing and stuff. Did but we do? Was that some, did we do that? Did we? Did we film it? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll search for ours then. Oh, welcome he's, to ah, special. Oh, hold on, sorry. Oh, okay, back to you, Mark. Sorry. That's the guitar there. Right, that's the guitar that's there. The guitar. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to see if I can actually... I sort need of to have one of those. Tech News, <laughs> Epiphone. I think you might have got the price a bit wrong on your website, though, uh, Nick. Uh, you might have, ha- have a typo on the price. Why is it $3 million or something? No, I think you've put it down as 83 and I think it's meant to be 483 or something oh. like that. Blues um, Hawk. Okay. Oh, no, that's not really... But he's... Um, the guy demonstrating it is just full of personality and, and made me... Uh, endeared me to the product even more basically <laughs> okay uh, wow. mark can i recommend can i recommend looking at the cattle in bread uh, i think it's called the antic thon uh 
uh, on, on, the, on the, the AMP channel on Sonic State, um, the interview with Howard from Catalan Bread. Yes. With, talking about the Anticthon. It, that's that's my personality of the show. It's fantastic. It's, uh, you you appreciate that. He sort of talks about this. Yes, alternate... he's, they ask Rich asks him about the uh, about the pedal, and he spends the first two and a half minutes or more discussing why he named it the uh, Anticthon. It's like, like there's another right. earth on, your, <laughs> on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the uh, the sun, so you never ever see it. It's always exp- and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, excellent. Oh, okay, I'll check that out. <laughs> Right. Um, I can't find it on our, sh- on our site, so maybe it wasn't us. I can't believe you would have gone anywhere else, to be perfectly honest. I saw I'm, I'm Gaz, hurt, had a picture on his, Gaz had a picture on his feed of this guy with this amazing bass guitar that was massive with loads of strings. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. And he had like a lime green and orange um, waistcoat ensemble and a, and a, and a uh, mullet and a, gra- and a sort of a blonde moustache thing. It was very funny. My, yeah, I think my fa- uh, my favourite, and I'm not sure if it's been posted yet, was uh, uh, Rich and Rob went and filmed. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's an orange. Uh, it was an orange cl- clean bass amp, uh, which, and it was it looked like it was be the the chap was really you know he was very Nigel Tufnell, um, who is the the kind of uh, um, what, what are they called? What's the band? From? Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Orange. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, Feedback is back. Uh, bass amps. Here we go. I think I've got the video here. Ah, this guy. Yeah, this is awesome. Hold on. And it's supposed to be a clean bass amp. <laughs> and it's just. It's well. You, I'll, I'll let you hear it. It's just, uh, it's amazing. Richard Beecher from Son. Let's see if we can find it. Uh, Mr. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just a great character. This over the sound of class D. So this is the clean section. And the EQ is plus minus 10 dB. Bell shape. Uh, back. Let's see if we can get him. Moving on. Uh, the, and he's just, uh, we were. The harmonics just on their own with no gain. <laughs> Bring that down a bit and add some gun. That was just, if you want a big comedy value, it's a, just a brilliant, brilliant piece. And uh, it's like this clean bass hand that's just going bang. <laughs> the whole time <laughs> just it sounded really good and i said you know in short it wasn't our sound distorting he said no it sounded like that in the room it was just on 11 the whole time it's really funny but uh so i guess that kind of brings us towards the end i mean we have gone on all i have gone on uh, rather a lot so uh, we are uh, god knows how many hours into the show and uh um, and i want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us and especially thanks to our sponsors and also uh, obviously uh, isotope uh, remember you can win a copy of iris 2 you need to uh, tweet the let me see if I can find that again quickly tweet this uh, uh, hashtag the world is your instrument at Sonic t- State remember rather than at Sonic Nick and at Isotope Inc uh, to win a copy of Iris 2 uh, for a chance so I want to say thank you very much to everybody uh, for joining us it's been great fun as ever we'll start with you Mark Tinley who's there in uh, Gla- uh, Glastonbury thank you very much for joining us Mark it's been great having you on you're very welcome I think you're right i must have clicked the epiphone link to watch that particular video so maybe it wasn't one of yours that's so fine i can i can live with that i can handle it i'm big <laughs> enough <laughs> and yeah you. enjoyable as always I, I love doing this so great oh. to be here thank you very much for having me okay and uh, rich hilton over there in uh in connecticut uh, hopefully the snow will allow you to leave your house and get to the, sh- oh, the sure. shops and stuff thank you very much for joining us it's great to have you on as as well 
Thanks for having um, me. It's always a blast. And Robbie looks like he has something to say before <laughs> we go. I just nearly forgot I'm going to get in trouble from my Sushi Partner Friday. We released our tracks yesterday. Ah, so that's Facebook.com. So sushifriday.bandcamp.com. Ah, okay, brilliant. That's the that's your sort of modular real-time project, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, hardware real-time, yeah. Excellent. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll check that out. Thank you very much for letting us know. And thank you for joining us as well, Robbie. And as well with you, Gaz. Thank you for joining us too. And for for keeping such a keen eye on everything. And coming up, frankly, with a framework to hang the show off. <laughs> cool. Nah, it's good. It's a, you know, bring on Music Messer. <laughs> Yes, Music Mess yeah. is coming up. We're going to be doing it all over again. And I know for a fact, because obviously there's the new Roland stuff that was announced. I didn't mention that. The JXDI, which is the single analog voice. And also the JDXA, XA. which looks like a flipping massive great Actually, thing. Nick, the, the JDXI, the demo was... Yeah, it was. It wasn't his best. It's a shame. Awful. Yeah. But there is a video that's turned up of a guy doing in a private room. He 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 goes through it in, oh, yeah. in, in quite depth in yeah. some depth. It does. But if anyone like hasn't a... seen that, I thought that actually that's actually a pretty decent product. Yeah, you know? it does look pretty good actually. I have to say, and sounded pretty good. And it was a shame. I mean, the the guy who did it, bless him. It was his first NAM. He was like. 19 or something and and i think he got thrown in rather at the deep end it it, it, it's sort of i still don't really understand why you would put that guy on a on a brand new product range for roland on press preview day yeah pr disaster i thought awful he probably only got given it the night before you know roland have got their haters out there you know them you know and sort of that was i thought that was crazy but 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 just to sort of counter that then the, the if you can find the video that's good the, scott something rather right name. yeah he's, he's going through it uh scott and actually, Tibbs, yeah that would be yeah and yeah it, it surprised us because it is a roland product with a genuine analog a, a roland synth with a genuine analog component so yeah. A, a, an analog voice <laughs> and the xa which i believe also has similar technology but i can't say any more Right. Uh, there's a lot to come from Roland, I believe, so uh, stay tuned for Mesa for sure. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for watching. Um, that's Sonic Talk number 390. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. We've actually had a really bumper room this week, and uh, I'm glad it's all held up. Cool. So once again, th- yeah, fulsome. I'm going to say it. What the hell? I know somebody. <laughs> there are some people out there who don't like the word fulsome chat room, but I'm going to say it. So that's it for now. Thanks very much for watching.